Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Thank you all for having me on. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. It is 2.02. Good afternoon. Kenny, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Good to see you and Ed. Kenny, good to see you. You've got big shoes to fill today, Kimo. Tell Bobby. me. Big, <laughs> big <laughs> shoes to fill. I know that. <laughs> Melinda returns on Wednesday. Jack is here producing. Thank you for joining us. You just heard it in the Fox News update, guys. President Biden is coming to Texas this week. And former President Trump will be here as well. I find that interesting that the president is going to Brownsville, as he's heard on Fox News. Pretty slow down there in the immigration department. They've done a good job of curtailing immig- immigration right there. Uh, Donald Trump's going to the hot spot. He's going to Eagle Pass, where much of the controversy has been going on with uh, Governor Abbott, the state of Texas, versus Joe Biden. So I'm sure we're going to have vastly different appearances in rhetoric, uh, to say the least, when they both come to town or come to the state, I think both sides could uh, potentially uh, be accused of exploiting the death of that young girl, that young lady in the University of Georgia. I'll put that aside for just a moment. I'm not going to pretend to give the Biden administration any advice. I would suggest Trump is making a big mistake. Don't go down to where he's going on the Texas border. Go to San Diego where they just recently had to start letting busloads of migrants go because they ran out of money to to know what to do with them. He'd make a bigger splash, I think, if he went there as opposed to, you know, trailing behind Biden down on the Texas border. The White House says that President Biden will reiterate his calls for congressional Republicans to stop playing politics and provide the money needed for additional Border Patrol agents, more asylum officers, and fentanyl detection technology. You know, if, if President Biden wanted to do that, he could do that. If President Biden was serious about this, he would have done it last year and the year before or the year before. He's created this mess because of his policies, and he needs to deal with it. But I believe he could take action today on the border, and he's not doing it because politics are in play. The The Democrats seem determined to try to figure out how they're going to blame the border crisis, the chaos and everything else on the Republicans. I think it's an uphill climb. It's like, it'd be like you're, you're trying to accuse General Dwight Eisenhower of the war in Europe, for gosh sakes. I mean, it's just, I can't believe the American people are going to have three years worth of amnesia, and the Democrats are going to think they're really going to be able to sell that. I, I just can't, I can't believe they think the Americans are going to ignore what's happened on Biden's watch the last three and a half years. There's a Monmouth University poll out today, a national poll of registered voters. Over 60% say Biden is responsible for the border crisis. I'm surprised that's num- that number is not e- even higher. Of course he's responsible. Day one, he uh, entered, entered the policies of one Donald Trump that were tougher on the immigration and put on the come on over sign. The green light was on and it's been on 
uh, since the day after he was inaugurated on January 20th, three, almost four years ago. I think it's the first time, though, that, uh, you know, in terms of, of that uh, percentage, what was it here, 53%, yeah, the first time a majority uh, have said that since uh, all of this 2015, I mean, the numbers have moved dramatically over an extended period of time. And certainly that's got the administration's attention. Trump's been all over it from day one. Yeah. So this is not new news to the uh, to the Republicans or the Trump side. Here are the numbers. You can join the conversation. Call or text us, 512-836-0590. CNBC says the Coke network of money for Nikki Haley is now being cut off. It's Americans for Prosperity Action. That's a political action group. And after what happened Saturday in South Carolina, they said we're no longer going to be giving money to Nikki Haley's campaign. They still support her, but they want to, want to spend their dollars on congressional races and Senate races. I can see this. I think it's going to be barring indictments or convictions or whatever. It's going to be Donald Trump on the top of the ballot. They still say they support her, but the money's being cut off. So, but I think it's significant, Mark. You know, she had 40% of the vote, just about 40% of the vote Saturday in her home state. Donald Trump had well, just about 60% of the vote. So there's still some cracks in the Donald Trump campaign, but not many, because I think it's going to be what are, what are the ones you see, Ed? The m- m- main cracks? Yes, sir. These indictments and the rulings against him in courts of law where he now owes, what, 500 almost a half a billion dollars to a couple of folks or the state and that one individual. So there are cracks there. And uh, I still think Nikki Haley's right. I think uh, she is a better, better alternative to Trump in a, a beating Joe Biden, because I think, I think Joe Biden could beat Donald Trump, unfortunately, but I, I don't think Joe Biden could beat, beat Nikki Haley. The Coke network, I guess when you're billionaires, you you can learn lessons the hard way. They pumped in, I read something, 32 some million dollars into Haley's campaign and they're, and they're just now bailing out. But you got to know if, if they're headed for the exits and she's been raising a fair amount of money she from has. some other big donors, are the others going to follow suit? And back in your old sports analogy said the old Monday night football crew would dandy Don Meredith be singing, turn out the lights, the party's yeah. over. Yeah, I think the party's over unless legally Trump gets in big, big, more big, big trouble. The head of the No Labels organization, Joe Cunningham, says they might be interested in having Nikki Haley as their candidate. Here's what he had to say. We're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And um, and yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley is somebody we, we'd definitely be interested in. We'll be making a decision before Super Tuesday. We've said from the onset that after Super Tuesday, we're going to look at who the presumptive nominees are. And if the vast majority of Americans are unhappy with those, and we feel like we can put forward a ticket or offer our ballot line to, to candidates who can win, then we're going to offer that ballot line. What do you guys make of that? I think she's, she's legit. I think she would be on that ticket. Uh, I think she would be a, a strong force. I don't know who they'd get on that ticket with her. I'm not sure if she would take the number one, two, or number two slot, but I think a lot of Americans want somebody else than Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Given her standing with moderates, with independents, with Democrats, I agree with you, Ed. She would be a leading candidate to be on that ticket. I keep reading, though, that this no-labels outfit really, Mark, is running on fumes. I know the the polls are intriguing when you insert uh, 
third-party candidates in the mix with Biden and Trump, and it, they, get, they get numbers, Ed, to your point. Mm-hmm. But is there enough traction there for her to really make a difference if she were to get on that no-labels ticket? I don't know. They may be out of time, Kenny. They're on 16 state ballots. Mm-hmm. They claim they're going to get on all 50, but right. most of the state's deadlines are long past. Yeah. 80% of the deadlines mm-hmm. are already passed. Yeah. I'm skeptical that they're going to get on every ballot. I, I agree. This guy in this interview we listened to, he said, oh, well, we're way ahead of where Perot was back when he you know, got on all the ballots and that. Right. So it, it's kind of confusing to that extent. Big difference, though. Perot had a lot of name ID, and he was really out front. They don't even have a candidate. They don't no. have a name. Very true. No. Yep. Uh, here's Robert at 210 with Mark, Ed, and Kenny on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Robert. How are you? I'm doing great. Afternoon, gentlemen. You know, I think it's disingenuous when the Biden administration accused the Republicans for not having a border bill. We already have laws dealing with immigration, but if we was going to add a bill, I would say that, you know, anybody who comes in this country illegally would lose the right ever becoming a U.S. citizen. Sanctuary cities need to be banned. And then local officials would always have to abide to ICE's, ICE detainers' requests. Because we know a lot of times sanctuary cities, local government will not, you know, listen to ICE. And some of these immigrants get out. And commit hideous crimes against humanity. Which appears to be the case in this guy in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Arrested in New York, and they cut him loose and didn't allow ICE to put a hold on him. Yeah, you know, and I didn't want to actually talk about that case, but this is just an example. It's happening all over. I don't know where the ideal, like, oh, it's okay to have sanctuary cities because these local governments are actually abiding, you know, they're abating somebody who's actually come in this country legally. And so we go back to the immigration laws. They've already broken the law. The case in Georgia, this person should be charged federally for murder, not locally, because he came in here illegally, which was a federal crime. Anyway, that's all I had to say. All right, Robert, thank you. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Get in here with your thoughts. Call or text us. It's Mark, Kenny, and Ed, 211 at KLBJ. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com or via the free KLBJ app. Jack's here producing at 216. Thank you for joining us. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. David is in Round Rock. Good afternoon, David. How are you? Hey, guys. Hey, Ed. It's, it's Storyteller Dave. Hello, David. How, you, how doing? you doing? Good. I'm just going to comment on the – maybe it is time for Nikki Haley to get involved. I don't know. It'd be an independent party, Ed. If, you in- know, if she would drop her Democrat – I mean, a Republican party. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, she's she's a staunch Republican, but yes. she's, you know, the Trump people have been out in numbers. Trump is not going to lose anybody, I don't think. The The question for me in the general election, can Donald Trump gain Republicans who are disenfranchised with him? Can he regain those people to defeat Joe Biden? That's a $64,000 question. Oh, yeah, that could be tough. I'm not, uh, my girlfriend's Democrat. Don't get mad, Ed. I'm not. She said that her daddy said, uh, Democrat will starve you to death. 
I'm like an Aggie in a round Reuben cho- told to sit in the corner. You know, I don't know which way to go. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys. All right. Thank hey, you. Dave. Have a good afternoon, Dave. Uh, Ed, why do you think the people who voted for Haley will not vote for Trump in November? I, I just think uh, there's a large majority of Americans, a large majority of Republicans who don't think they're Republicans anymore because they don't follow all the things of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the the leader of the Republican Party, but I think the Republican Party has left a lot of old old line Republicans, the Carl Roves of the world, the uh, the the Bush Republicans, and I, I just think a lot of people don't identify. And it's gonna it's 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 gonna be interesting on election day. Will they go vote for Trump? Will they sit it out, or will they go with a third party like a Nikki Haley? Now, you said a large majority of Republicans have that attitude. I think they're 40 percentage. I think it reflects of what happened in South Carolina. 40 percent is a pretty large number to me. But oh. that's that doesn't sound like a large majority to me of Republicans. It, it's not a majority. No, it's not over 50 percent. But I think there are a lot of Republicans out there, again, that are disenfranchised. They don't like Trump. And they're not going to vote for Biden. Uh, they're I, sort of like me. They're looking for a candidate. You know, I'll, I will never vote for Joe Biden, nor will I vote for Trump. President Biden has asked the leaders of the House and the Senate to come and meet with him tomorrow at the White House. They have some big decisions to make about spending plans. There's another possible government shutdown just over the horizon on March 1st, and then another one after that on March 8th, Kenny. Yeah, and I have criticism for both sides on this one, Mark. First off, the president should have had these knuckleheads in the Oval Office on a more regular basis if the president would work more than two hours a day. And if the House leadership, the members of the House, hadn't taken off for yet another recess, for gosh sakes, get back to Washington, D.C. <laughs> and do your job. You've got these critical deadlines coming up. We're we're headed for another continuing resolution yet again just to keep kicking the can down the road here. I've got criticism on both sides for how they're handling things right now. Well, what do you make of it, I, I, the, You know, he's going to have them. And it's it's the old standoff. But, again, politics are going to be at play supreme. I don't know who's going to blink first. Will it be the House Republicans uh, or will it be Biden? Again, Biden, is. it seems like he's... He, he talks the talk of being more concerned about immigration. I'm more concerned about the border and fentanyl. Well, do that with actions. I think the, uh, President Biden would win points politically if he would, would go along with the speaker and say, yeah, you're right, I will do this and I will do that. But they're not going to do it. He's I, not going to do it. I think Schumer and, and the Democrat senators and Biden realize they've got the leverage now. I think the heat is definitely on Speaker Johnson here. And I think his challenge, Mark, is how does he not P.O. enough of his party? And he's potentially having to maybe, you know, uh, get some of the Democrats to go along with him on getting a final deal done. And how's he going to try to show he's not caving into the Democrats while he's still placating members of his House Freedom Caucus? There are several options here. One is uh, they could vote and approve one or more of the 12 major spending bills that are needed to fund the government. Mm-hmm. They could pass another continuing resolution and just put this off again. Mm-hmm. So there are options on all of this. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. If you're hoping that something will emerge from all of this where they really get serious about cutting spending, 
I don't see any rays of sunshine. Isn't that something? And all this time when our deficit is so, so, so very, very high, highest it's ever been, that spending cuts are never on the table. That is, it floors me that they're not, you can't run a business the way they run the government. Well, again, I I think that's where the the House Freedom Caucus has thrown a wrench in this thing. They were getting down to the three-yard line, and they were pressing on Johnson to say, hey, don't give in. We want spending cuts. And Johnson knows that's going to be a non-starter with the president and with the with the Democrats in the Senate, and heck, maybe the Republicans in the Senate, for all I know. Former Obama strategist David Axelrod tells CNN, Axelrod is very worried about President Biden's support among black voters. He says clearly it is eroding, and that is a big-time concern for Axelrod. I, I think it should. Look, he's polling, uh, you know, 20, 21 percent among uh, African-American voters here. Biden uh, got 88% of that vote uh, back in 2020, and this is going to be a marginal race. So uh, this is a concern. And yes, uh, black men, and particularly younger black men, are the ones that are drifting away. Some may vote for Trump. Some may not vote at all. And uh, this, this has to be a concern uh, for the Biden campaign. Uh, Trump knows that and and I, by the way i think it may impact on his vice presidential uh choice mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's a lot of talk about tim scott as a yeah. vice presidential candidate i think if he picks tim scott it's partly because he recognizes this would be helpful in kind of sealing in uh that portion of the african-american vote that he now has i think the democrats have reason to be concerned if he's referencing i, I saw a poll that said that trump was pulling around 19 percent of the black vote I think Axelrod said 20, 21% there. Okay. But I think Trump got around 12% in 2020. So he, did, he has yeah. clearly made yeah. some progress with that constituency. And, and that's got to be a concern for the Democrats who traditionally think they got a lock. And here we go again. Vote. What are these national Democrats thinking? You know, Axelrod used to be carry a big stick with the Obama administration, but nobody is acknowledging or saying, listen we got to replace the guy up top. you got to replace Joe Biden from the ticket. And it's just like you're ignoring, you're not, you're not seeing that. And I think Axelrod's exactly right. That will be really interesting if Trump has Tim Scott as his running mate. And, Ed, why do you think uh, Trump is gaining support among black voters? I just think there's, just, uh, there's, there's the immigration issue, uh, especially in metropolitan areas in Chicago, New York, where there's money siphoned away from these neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, and I think it's about economics too. Things cost more. Things cost more. I think that's hurting him as well. And I think some of the leadership in in the African-American community has come out, and they've essentially said, we're tired of getting taken advantage of here. We're tired of just the Democrats thinking every time they're going to assume that they've got our vote, and they don't anymore, at least not all of it. No, and and you're hearing the anecdotal evidence, uh, whether it's interviews on TV or Mm -hmm. newspaper interviews. That's what a lot of black voters are saying, Yeah, especially in Chicago. You hear that frequently now. We're not going to vote for the Democratic Party, regardless of what race it is. We're tired of the situation with all the illegal immigrants. Yeah, and I think the undercurrents, what Ed talked about with the, the, a lot of these people in the inner cities see a lot of money traditionally going to them, mm-hmm. going to a lot of the illegals coming in, and they're saying, hey, what about us? Yeah, and then I think Joe Biden faces the fact he's not going to do it, but if he were to dump the vice president, 
an African-American woman, what would the blowback be on that? So he's walking the tightrope on that. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. It is 226 with Mark, Ed, and Kenny on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thank you for joining us. Melinda's off today. She'll be back on Wednesday. Kenny Romeyer is here. Jack is producing. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments today on a Texas law and a Florida law, both designed to prevent social media platforms from discriminating against conservatives. And they heard oral arguments. We'll probably hear their decision sometime in June. This is the Texas law that was approved and signed by Governor Greg Abbott. Among the things that it would require of the social media platforms, publicly disclose your curation techniques. Uh, They would prohibit banning based on viewpoint. It would require a report on the content that's removed every month. It would create a complaint system. It would allow users an opportunity to sue in civil court if they have been banned from a particular platform based on their political point of view. Well, this is a complicated it case, is. I got to say. it's um, To me, it's incredible. And here's part of the complication for me, guys. You know, I think it was uh, I read where Justice Sotomayor said one of the reasons this is so difficult is the variety on the internet is infinite. Those were her words, right? It's just, how do you know where to stop? The internet is so massive. And then add artificial intelligence on top of that. Talk about the wild, wild west. I mean, it's just, how do you control this stuff? So my bottom line on this whole thing is, it seems to me the solution, whether it's state or federal, don't give the government more power to control speech. That's that's my bottom line on it. I And I, I think they're going to parse this ruling out somehow. They're going to try to say, you know, we may kick it down to the lower courts. We may say the, the, the big tech platforms have got to give us more transparency on these algorithms of how you editorialize and how you mm-hmm. moderate content. I don't know where it's going. It's crazy. I, 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 don't, I side with the free speech and I believe in private companies. These tech companies are private companies. Companies, uh, The First Amendment reacts what the government can do. That's what Chief Justice Roberts said today, what the government. These are private, private entities, private groups in a perfect world. They should not ban conservative talk or whatever unless it's terroristics or obscene. But we know they don't do that. But I, I've, I know I see where you're coming from, Kenny. I don't want the government to get in everybody's business and the government dictates what private companies can or cannot do in this arena. But I get it. The conservatives are tired of being censored on these tech platforms. I, I understand where Florida and Texas are coming from on this stuff. It's just, it is incredibly complicated to know where you draw the line. All right. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. John is in South Austin at 234. John, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, good afternoon, guys. Yeah, um, Ed kind of got me going today. And, uh, Ed, you said that, I don't know if this has been, been approached since I last heard, but you said you wouldn't vote for Biden or Trump. 
and like who are you going to vote for i think you're going to be out of luck come election time and are you just not going to vote i guess but um i don't know i kind of think that uh trump's personality is 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 uh disenchanting to say the least but nonetheless his policies uh, his policies are on the money and i dare say that the comparison to um bush and and other folks that was made uh carl I mean, as far I'm not one of them, but nonetheless, policy-wise, uh, Trump's policies, we were in really pretty good shape when he was around. And uh, all the way around we were. And now we're in miserable shape. Absolutely miserable, and it's debatable as to whether or not we can get out of it. If you take so, a look at the South Carolina results, Nikki Haley got 9 out of 10 votes for people whose character matters, right? But when it comes to electability, Trump, by far won those numbers, right? So it comes down to, practically speaking, kind of like the caller, it's like, well, who are you going to go with when it gets right down to it? And, John, I like a lot of Trump's policies on business and on energy. I'm with you on that, but I think his personality is too much, and what happened January 6th is too much, and I think it continues. If he would just not speak, he would he would be a more effective person in my book. Just don't speak. You're dreaming, Ed. You're I know I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I know where you're coming from, John. And John, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do election day. I I would I'm probably going to I'm going to sit it out election day. I guess if it's those those two guys. Well, that would be a, that would be a shame. We we have a, a system. We have a right to vote, which was a bloody business to get, and uh, not to vote is really a shame. But I get it. I get it big time. But, yeah, if Trump would keep his mouth shut, somebody needs to duct tape his mouth. And uh, he would probably just breeze on in. That's his biggest enemy. But policy-wise, a guy, I'm sorry, this is my opinion, is, is on the money. Everything was everything was in better shape. And now everything is in horrible John, shape. John, I'm pro-business. I think he's been tough on our foreign adversaries. I agree with you there. But just stop, stop talking. Uh, John, thank you. Have a good afternoon. Here's a sample of some of the questions and comments before the Supreme Court today as they had that hearing on the Texas and Florida laws regarding social media platforms. This is Justice Samuel Alito uh, with some of his interactions with the attorney for the the tech platforms speaking this morning. Let me just ask you this. If somebody in 1917 was prosecuted and thrown in jail for opposing U.S. participation in World War One was that content moderation? So if the government's doing it, then content moderation might be a euphemism for censorship. Here's Justice Amy Coney Barrett during the hearing today. Some say that, for example, TikTok might have boosted pro-Palestinian speech and reduced, reduced pro-Israel speech. That's a viewpoint, right? And if you have an algorithm do it, is that not speech? And here's Justice Elena Kagan at the hearing this morning. A lot of Twitter users thought that was great, and a lot of Twitter users thought that was horrible. Because, in fact, there were different content judgments being made that was very much affecting the speech environment that they um, entered every time they opened their app. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. It is like taking a college course in the First Amendment on the rights of private business, but the rights of people to express their opinions. It is a fascinating issue. It is, and you need a master's degree almost to be able to follow it. But I guess what I've just what I've read and hearing those clips, you know, they're asking such good questions and you can just 
read between the lines of how difficult it must be in their minds to think how they're going to try to put any parameters or build a fence around this massive uh, undertaking here. And that's why I'm thinking they're they're not going to have a broad ruling here. They're going to try to parse it out. They're going to try to kick it back. They're going to look for some way to kind of thread the needle. But it's just the implications are just, I think, uh, too far-reaching for them to just make one swooping decision that's going to be the end all here. State lawmakers in New York are considering a new law. Some say it could open the door for minors getting sex change operations without parental consent or letting the parents know. That's the concern of some people who are reading this proposed law in the state of New York very, very carefully. Yeah, and I think to me what it reminded me of is the vague language or the confusing language that we run into sometimes on our local ballots here. And I think that's a part of the problem here. One of the guys that I saw quoted in this article about this language was it is the language is so vague, it potentially kind of opens the door for these uh, transgender youth to to get treatments and that. And the parents are are uh, totally exed out of yeah, this thing. You, you've get, you cannot X out the parents from decisions uh, of dealing with surgeries for minors. This is bad law. This is really, really bad law. If, in fact, it will down the line give underage kids, they can say, I want this surgery, I want this treatment. Not right. The law would also bar physicians from alerting parents if a child receives medical or mental health treatment unless the child gives the okay. See, that's just... Oh, boy. Uh, there's there's an, an adult uh, opinion, an adult opportunity to intervene and, and try to help the parents, and then they're going to be regulated out. 512-836-0590. Get in here and join the discussion. It's Mark, Ed, and Kenny filling in for Melinda on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thanks a lot for joining us. Kenny's here for Melinda today. Jack is producing. And this is Mac in New Braunfels at 247. Hello, Mac. How are you doing today? How are you this afternoon, Mark? Fine. Thank you, Mac. Welcome. So I'd, I'd like to preface this question to Ed with, I am not a fan, nor have I liked some of the things Donald Trump has said and tweeted. But my question to Ed is, what Trump policy put him over the top that he could not possibly vote for Donald Trump and, in fact, has said that he voted for Biden in the previous election? Mac, uh, I've never vote for Joe Biden again. That was a mistake I made, but it's not a policy that Donald Trump did. I think January 6th, what he did in flaming the folks to go to the Capitol and his lack of doing anything for several hours, that will always stick in my mind as something that would disqualify him to be president of the United States again. For me, I respect your opinion, Matt, sure. but policy-wise, I can't think of a policy off the top of my head because he was pro-business, pro-energy, and my, my 401k was better when he was president. And he was he was pro enforcing border security. He was pro uh, make, making sure that the communist Chinese were you know not given everything they wanted. Like I said, I don't I don't like the guy, 
I don't think the actions of January 6th, the way I understand them, uh, I wish he had responded quicker in, in telling them to back off. But the, the speech that he gave said, go and make your voices heard peacefully. So, you know, there's not a... I, I, I just wondered what was so so uh, wrong that that you felt like you could, and now you've said today that, that you wouldn't vote for either one of them. Correct. But if he is the if he is the Republican Party candidate, you you if you don't vote for him, that's essentially giving a vote to whoever the Democrats put up. Maybe I'll find a third person to vote for. Mac, thank you. Thank ha- you, sir. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Uh, Dr. Dean is weighing in. Doctor, welcome. I understand you're a pediatrician. Is that right, sir? That is true. I've been a pediatrician for 50 years. Actually, pediatric cardiologist, but pediatrician first. I cannot, uh, I'm having trouble even saying what I need to say without extreme anger. A, uh, the law doesn't even allow uh, a 14-year-old to vote. Why? Because they're not adults yet, and we don't think the law doesn't accept them as fully competent adults. Number two, as a pediatrician, every one of us knows that there are impulsive activities going on, especially during the hormonal you know, uh, uh, haze of uh, puberty and uh, to uh, allow children to be influenced by others without including their parents uh, in that decision-making process is absolute malpractice, in my opinion, not to mention unethical, immoral, whatever other words you want to use. And, uh, you know, we're all reading stories about uh, children who have been uh, trans uh, changed, we'll just say transgendered, uh, and then when they're adults, they complain and they complain that their parents didn't stop them from doing these stupid things that are uh, irreversible. Uh, to, to make a law separating the parents from the decision medical decision-making for a child is absolutely unconscionable. I agree, Dr. Dean. I think it is awful. Uh, the parents need to have, the, it's paramount. The parent parents must be involved in all aspects of their child's medical care. Doctor, how do you feel about the part that would uh, exclude you from speaking up if, if some child came that to you? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'm, um, not usually, but today I'm speechless. The whole point of our uh, advising uh, parents or the responsible party uh, is that we are the knowledgeable uh, entities about uh, medical issues. And to exclude us from that is the most illogical thing I can think of, not to mention immoral. And again, in my mind, any oath that we take for the welfare of the patient, it, 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 I can't even talk about it. It, it makes me crazy. <laughs> It, it's hard to imagine a medical professional 
going along with this law and actually excluding the parents and going through with these medical procedures, Dr. Dean? I, I, number one, I don't understand how people, do, uh, my colleagues, a few that do this, do this in the first place, much less do this without parents' knowledge, consent, and strong urging. Um, it makes me just plain crazy, and I think it is so wrong. I don't, I don't understand why there isn't a massive uh, uh, outcry from both the medical community and just, you know, the parents to say, are you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. This is exactly the wrong thing to do. Dr. Dean, thank you, sir, for weighing in. We appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. 512-836-0590. To, to me, Ed, it's, it's another reason why a lot of people are moving out of New York. It's not just for the financial uh, yeah. you know, taxes and everything else with this kind of nonsense going on in the state too. legislature. Yeah. yeah, California, too. I think those states, to me, are just so far out with their their politics. But will it pass? I guess that's the question, right? It's been introduced, and now is this thing going to become law? That'll just be insane. It would what be. will it lead to, Ed? Uh, it, it will lead to copycat states trying, it'll be other states trying to do the same legislation. But, uh, I think it, I don't know, Mark, it's, it's, I don't know what it's going to lead to. All right. We have news next at the top of the hour and much more to cover with you. We're live and local every weekday, two to six, Mark, Kenny, and Ed Melinda's off today. Jack is here producing 512-836-0590. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.